Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, Ahmed Mion. I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. And Michael. This episode is sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. Not really. Don't, don't sue us. I've seen that commercial so many times. <laughs> it's so annoying. Too. Doesn't even, like, I've seen it on uh, channels completely unrelated to gaming. Yeah, you know, they're spending it, a lot of money on I that game. They put yeah. so much money into sponsorship. Well, they're ads. spending a lot of money on marketing that game. Like, I, I watched, like a, like, a YouTuber who does, like, steak videos. And he's, like, given the Raid Shadow Legends spiel, like, multiple times. And I was like, you, I could tell you clearly have no experience with gaming. They're but, a very yeah, high advertiser, apparently. Yeah, they must yeah, be. Yeah, they're huge. I've seen people, like, trash talk it. That's what the more fun, is people, like, like, no, I will never accept a sponsorship from them. And then they'll immediately, like, flash it on the screen. Yeah. Or just meme it. I mean, the fact that we all recognize what you were talking about <laughs> shows that they're doing their job. It's yeah. a garbage game. I'll do it. Yeah. But yeah, I wanted to address uh, the, the elephant in the room. Who amongst us has seen the Sonic movie? Oh, uh, I yeah, need to I've watch seen it. it. I need to watch it. So no one saw it? <laughs> I saw it. Oh, you I saw, saw it? it? Okay, yeah, I saw what, it. What are, your, what are your thoughts on the Sonic movie? Um. Okay, so it wasn't... It was disappointing, but it was disappointing in that it was actually kind of good. How does that make sense? Like, I expected it to be this garbage fire oh. I was going to be able to go in and laugh at. You wanted it to be so bad it was good, but it was actually just kind of okay. No, it was really just, it was a pretty good children's movie with a sonic coat of paint on it. Like, yeah, you know, if, if I'm picking, like, <laughs> if I have my pick of children's movies, Sonic the Hedgehog is going to be pretty high. Like, it, you know, it's not the Emoji movie. It's not like Sing, you know, it, it was a competently made movie. There were clearly people working on it that loved Sonic. I just wish they'd gotten a little more say because there were like a couple of little things they could have done that would have meant a lot to me. Like just making the badniks orange instead of white would go a long way. I didn't love the robot designs, but it's it's a pretty good movie. I mean, yeah, and I've I haven't seen it yet, but I've looked at like the financials and stuff, and it's it's doing really well. Uh, yeah, it's, I it's like on track to outdo Detective Pikachu, which I never would have guessed it would have even. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. Detective that. Pikachu is a better movie easily. But yeah, uh, it was pretty good. I mean, I'll definitely see a sequel if they put one out. It was good enough They're that I can say that going now. To. Yeah, I think so. They opened the door to it. The only thing, another thing is Robotnik. Um, like they show him in his classic look in the trailer, and I thought like that was gonna be like, oh, in the third act he's gonna go kind of crazy and do that, and he it's not. He uh, that's after he is defeated. He dons that look. Okay, so it's more of a setup for the next one then, if yeah. there's a next one. They they they've done some very strong setup for the next one. There was an after credit scene and everything. I did hear that Jim Carrey was full like chaotic manic Jim Carrey in this one. Yeah, I'm not like what I don't we haven't talk seen about his character too much because I've I've never liked Jim Carrey. Like I I don't like him in really anything uh, except like I didn't mind him in Kickass too, and I liked the Truman Show, but like overall Jim Carrey being in a movie makes me not want to see it. But uh, I, I thought his performance was very passable, even as someone who doesn't like him. So, yeah, because Robotnik's a very ham character anyway. Yeah. Like even even in like the 2D Sonic games, like Sonic 3, Robotnik was still a large ham. He was just a pixelated large ham. Now, I will say that the best part of the movie by far was the kids sitting around me. Like they were yeah. so funny. Throughout kids the movie. kids like, love Sonic. Oh, uh, yeah, one of them, every single time a trailer started, he asked his mom, is that Sonic? And it clearly wasn't. <laughs> and, uh... Oh, my God. 
Um, yeah, no, and this, that same kid um, made me wonder how well this movie was going to do, because, like, the entire way through the movie, like, starting 20 minutes in, he started saying, I want this to be over. <laughs> <laughs> you do but I think he was just, I mean, you make a kid sit down for an hour and a half, you know? I think it was that. Yeah. This is starting a whole new generation of Sonic OCs, and that is scary. Yeah, no, the thing is, Sonic is the only talking animal for the vast majority of this movie. That's kind of weird. He starts out in, like, what looks like Green Hill Zone. Like, it's that island. He just calls it the island he grew up on, which, like, that island doesn't have a name in Sonic canon, as far as I know. And there's some owl kind of raising him, and there's, like, a kid Sonic running around. And, like... The an Echidna owl? tribe. Yeah, is that an some owl sort of reference to it, I think some it's in the Archie somewhere. comics, but I'm not sure. The owl is not an original character, but uh anyway, yeah, this owl is raising him as a kid, telling him how powerful he is. <laughs> okay. Or something, because he's like so fast. And he he like the owl is telling him he needs to stay inside because the owl doesn't want anybody to see him. But he runs around the island anyway, and he gets seen by the Echidna tribe, basically straight out of Sonic Adventure 1. Knuckles! And they straight up murder the owl. Like, first five minutes of the movie, that owl dies. Alright, I don't know how deep we want to get into spoilers, but... I'm not. That's as, that's as far as I'm going to go. But five minutes. So... He, like, he throws a ring, and the rings open portals. And that's, like, the MacGuffin of the movie, is he, mm-hmm. he has to get his rings that so, can open portals to other worlds. That's sort of interesting that, like, it sounds kind of like the Sonic movies telling an original story and it's just, you know, influenced by history, yeah. uh, Sonic's history, right? Definitely. I think that's the way to go about making a decent video game movie, similar to how Detective Pikachu did, you know? Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I wish it had pulled more from the games. Like, I wouldn't want it to use the story from the games. But, de- you know, uh, maybe some, like... If, if Robotnik had built a death egg or something, like that could have been really interesting, but there's there's still time for that, you know, sequels yeah. and all. Who's ready um, for the Big the Cat movie? Yeah. <laughs> the Sonic Cinematic Universe is happening. Well, they, they did set it up Apparently. For, for the next Sonic movie to have more talking animals. That is a possibility. I, I want to see Big the Cat. Like, he's coming back, boys. The author's I, favorite character. <laughs> Big the yeah. Cat hasn't been relevant since, like... I know. <laughs> Sonic Adventure. I think he, I think he was in Sonic Heroes actually. I think that's he was. He was a team. Uh, he was on Amy's team, I think. Team Rose, yeah. Amy yeah. and Cream. Yeah. Yeah. He's been. He's appeared in like the background of several Sonic games, but he hasn't. Yeah, he was like, in the background in Sonic Adventure too, but he hasn't right. like made a main appearance. I can't believe he wasn't in Sonic Forces. I would have loved to have seen Big tearing up the post-apocalypse. <laughs> Sonic uh, Mania. And I big. can't believe this movie actually did well. Yeah. It's really I, sort of... Every time you think Sonic is dead, it just comes back stronger somehow. And the and thing was, like, don't get me wrong, this movie's stuff. not good. Like, it's not like and a more movie I'm going to tell all my friends they need to see. But It, com- it comes back stronger and more meme-ridden than it was before. That's yeah. kind of the Sonic cycle at this point. Yeah, and this movie could easily be a meme factory. There, there was one more thing that I really didn't like about the movie I'm just going to throw out there. Like, just a quirk that bugged me. Sonic, like, they show in the trailer, like, he runs so fast that there's, like, a blackout, right? Have you guys seen that? Yeah. That's not I, what happened in the movie. In the movie, he, like, got really angry and lightning came out of him. <laughs> that's weird. That's dumb. And that comes up a couple more times in the movie. And yeah, that that was really dumb. Like, his power was not just fast. 
there was a there was a lightning element to it, and I really didn't like that. I strongly dislike that. But there were some cool like Quicksilver style scenes. They weren't nearly as good as the ones in X Men, but I respect the attempt. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that it was good. Like it's about time that we've entered an era where video game movies. Yeah, we're finally getting it because it's hard to adapt a video game from well, video games are getting closer yeah. and closer to movies themselves. Yeah, so. I th- I could see an Uncharted movie. See, the thing Uncharted is, follows I don't see the point of an Uncharted movie. Like, I'll probably True. go see it, but... So, uh, an Uncharted movie that follows the plot of the games is completely pointless, I think. But, yeah. where this Uncharted movie is different, I think it's, like, a prequel starring Tom Holland. So, I feel like I'd, that could I'd be like kind of it interesting. Like, Wait, is there actually an Uncharted movie? Yeah, there's yeah. one in, 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 like, production. Is How did Tom I not Holland? know this? Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Oh, that'll be awesome. Yeah, Tom, so Tom Holland's playing uh, young Nathan Drake. Not like this. That'll be incredible. That's actually cool, though. That's weird, though, because if it's a prequel, like, the only characters they could have are Nate and Sully. Like, and I guess maybe Those are no. the two best characters, though. You know? Yeah, no, Nate and Sully's chemistry in the games, it was it's what makes a lot of those moments possible. I don't know. Elena's important. Elena's definitely, like, the third pillar of the three pillars, you know? There's, yeah. there's Nate, Sully, and Elena. But I, I would argue Nate and Sully is the core relationship of the whole. Oh yeah, for thing. sure. Yeah. yeah, it's it's almost like it's a mentor mentee, but it's also like almost a brotherly relationship. It kind of like, bugs me how little screen time Sully got in uh, Uncharted Four, but yeah. Yeah, I kind of wish like they, I guess spoilers for Uncharted Four, but I kind of wish they just took all of like Nate's brother's plot and gave it to Sully. Yeah, I I could see that, but I don't know. I don't like Sully. The, the ending, you know? Nate's brother's kind of a prick, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. don't want I Sully to be that. Like, I need to. And Uncharted 1, like, Sully betrays you or whatever. I think he does that. He does that in, like, almost every game. <laughs> but it's always, I don't know. remember him betraying. I, yeah, I don't remember. No, what happens in Uncharted 1 is that you think Sully's dead. They kills, they quote-unquote kill Sonny at the beginning of Uncharted 1. And then you find out he's alive later, right? He betray, He, like, pretends to betray you at some point. It's been I remember so long since I played Uncharted. Uncharted yeah. 2, I don't think he did. All but I they pretend to kill him a few times, too. Well, in 3, they actually convinced me that they killed him. Yeah, no, I thought it was oh, yeah, very convincing. I was and I was mind. very angry. Like, I was just right in, like, Nate's shoes. Oh, yeah, no, I was, I was like, tripping out that scene. It was, like, you just drink some magical genie water, and all of a sudden, yeah, you're no. fighting fire demons, and you murder that somebody. That balls to the walls. <laughs> it I was, was so real upset. Cool. Yeah, and what I love about that, I guess we're just spoiling all of Uncharted now, right? I guess uh, what I what I really liked about that in Uncharted Three was that it sort of turned the expectation on its head. Like the first, like uh, one and two had a supernatural twist at the end. In the third one, when it starts, you're like, okay, this is the supernatural twist in this one, but later you find out it's not, and it's just a hallucination. I thought that was a cool like subversion yeah. of your expectation. There was a supernatural yeah. twist after that, though, wasn't there? Like, wasn't the water like cursed or something? I mean, it could, it could. There's like a gin in the. Like, I mean, ask it in the waters. Like, well, the thing is, the the water could be like drugged or something. I think it's a lot yeah. more believable than what happened at the end of one and two. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Nothing about Uncharted three was like so supernatural that like it couldn't have happened. I guess. Yeah. But yeah, no. The end of Uncharted one and two are both very. <laughs> is Did Uncharted one have zombies? I don't actually remember. Did Uncharted 4 have any supernatural elements? I can't even remember. No, Uncharted 4 was completely just uh, realistic, I think. Okay. Yeah. Uncharted 1 had zombies, and Uncharted yeah, 2 had, like, 
these Uncharted yetis. 1 had, like, yeah, like, two-thirds of the way through the game, or, like, halfway through the game, the supernatural element comes in. It's like these, you know, like, the Wendigos from Until Dawn? It's They look kind of like those, I think. Yeah, well, and they're Uncharted Nazis, and it's Uncharted. super scary. Yeah, Uncharted 1. Yeah. Uncharted 1. Also, I thought they were conquistadors, not Nazis. I thought the Nazis were Uncharted 2. No, there were Nazis in Uncharted 1. There was a Nazi sub crashed on the island, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, it was a mixture of the conquistadors and the Nazis, though, as far as I remember. Yeah, you're right. Um, also, one other thing. Have you guys played Uncharted Golden Abyss? I played a little bit of it. Not too much. Well, can I can I spoil like the supernatural element of it? Sure. <laughs> it's not supernatural. The gold was all just radioactive. <laughs> oh, yeah okay yeah and i yeah so they can't dig it up because it would poison everybody they don't want to let the radioactive gold get into the economy <laughs> that was, that's strange it was a good game good yeah, game okay. overall not made twist. by naughty dog that one that one was made yeah. by sony bend not it shows but it's a good game one of it vita, does some one of really vita's dumb. uh one of vita's hidden gems yeah one of there... you, they're all hidden gems on vita yeah True. Did anyone play uh, The Lost Legacy? Yeah, I did. I like. I, I haven't yet. I mean to. Don't spoil this one. <laughs> it, it. The only thing I'll say about Lost Legacy though is I was surprised at the amount of content in that game. It was basically like the same length, or maybe a little less than Uncharted One. Wow. Like it was, it was a full, full fledged game. But I know it's you wanted seamless. to talk about uh, something that got you really amped up this morning. Uh, yeah. The uh, Animal this... Crossing Nintendo Direct came out, and apparently uh, fans are pleased. So did you watch it, Amid? No, I have no idea. I have no context. So you guys, you know, tell yes. me what you heard and try and sell me on the game, I guess. In which we spend three hours fanboying. Yeah, uh, I'll <laughs> sell you on the game first. It's basically like you just live on this. You move to this island. It's empty. You get two two animal villagers come with you. You get to place your tent to live in. And then you also, and this is brand new to the series, it used to be like you'd be moving into a, a pre-established town that already had villager houses spread out through it. Yeah. But this time you, uh, you get to actually pick where the villagers are going to put their tents and eventually their houses. And that's exciting because like in the past, and they're saying you're going to get to do that for every villager you get like, in the future, is you're going to get to choose where they live. And that's exciting because, like, a lot of people, like, you build these nice towns and everything, and you kind of deck them out and customize them. And then a villager just builds a house and a really, like, maybe you build this really nice-looking orchard or this really nice flower field, and then a villager just pops up a house in the middle of it, and it's really (laughs) annoying. I feel like this is one of those features that, like, you know, 10 years from now when you get your new Animal Crossing you'll be like, of course this feature had to be there. You know, oh, this yeah. is like a core feature of the game. Like, how was it that yeah, it wasn't it, there before? Every feature we're about to tell you about is something that, like, feels like a core, like a natural evolution of the genre. Like, it just, like, oh, of course that's next. Because, like, the, the way they're taking it is that, like, it used to be, like, you lived in a town and you got to customize your house and, like, you could do some little stuff like plant trees and plant flowers around the town. Yeah. And then with New Leaf, they took it like, oh, you're the mayor of the town. And they added all this customization you could do for the town. But now this is like the next level of that, where it's like, it's your own island. You're allowed to put furniture outside. Like, the entire island is basically your house. You can customize it fully. Also, I'd like to add, Emmett, that you were you were actually kind of right when you said when we get a new Animal Crossing in 10 years. Because it's been about eight years since the release of New Leaf. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a while. 
But the, I the, feel like the Switch being like Nintendo's most potent console in forever, right? I feel right. like. And I, I think their decision was that they're only going to do they're only going to do one Animal Crossing per console, and they're only going to yeah. do portables from now on because the portable Animal Crossings do better. It's a, and they it's just a tend to well, game better. With Switch, you have the best of both worlds, obviously. Right. Yeah. You get the the good the good graphics, although it is locked at 30 FPS apparently. But I don't really care for Animal Crossing. Yeah. I, I think this game. You looks, don't need 120 FPS for Animal Crossing. No. That's I think good. this game looks gorgeous. I don't know. I don't know if you've seen screenshots or anything, Ahmed, but I I love the aesthetic. They like. They do these like nice felt kind of looking materials for the yeah. villagers and stuff. It's it's beautiful. I'm I'm also excited because we can finally like change the terrain of our our, our village or build bridges yeah. where we want to build bridges. I I think that's Great. incredible. They're literally like like they're they're not only bringing back the two so Animal Crossing one on the GameCube and the N64 in Japan. It had a two tiered village where like. There was a ramp somewhere, and like no, it was your village tier. was basically cut in half by a cliff. What? I think it was three tier. Hold on. I don't remember. Anyway, it was tiered. But now, there you can actually like do that yourself. Like you have an app on your Nook phone that lets you like build up <laughs> cliff sides and stuff. Like you can, and like you can dig rivers and stuff. Like you can literally like almost turn on god mode and like sculpt your town into whatever shape you want it to be. And I think that's just an incredible addition. See, all I, and it's one of those things. I won't do that because I don't care that much. Like I've ne- I've never been one to deck out my village that much. I'm always just somebody who like hangs out in it. Also, that museum was looking pretty nice. I, I just love that. Like when I visit other people's villages and stuff, though, they're going to be able to like have these amazing, elaborate like decorations yeah. that they've done. Like that's not something I like doing, but I love to see it. And I think local that's play so on cool. an Animal Crossing. Yeah, local play. That's that was impressive. already announced. Yeah. Are we, yet, are, are we losing you yet, Ahmed? Do you have any questions? No, 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 no. no I, I, I'm thinking about a lot of things. So just going back to the idea of, like, you know, you can sculpt the environment and, like, add bridges, raise mountains, etc., as well as, you know, place your villagers where you want to. I really like that sort of stuff because I really like micromanaging uh, and, and uh, just meticulously placing things in games. Um, right. I don't know that that's really... I don't know that it's going to scratch that itch for you because there's no advantage to having a villager. In right, one that's place not really there. the point. Of there's no efficiency in this game, really. Yeah. So but, I guess that was my yeah. next question. Like, if you put a villager someplace specific, does that impact how they grow or what they can do and that sort no. of thing? As far as I can tell, no. I mean, I guess in theory, if you want to be super lame about it, you could like put all the houses near each other because like occasionally villagers will give you like a little quest where you have to take something to another villager and they tend to stay near their houses but they don't always do that so even that's not like a real thing you can do yeah if but the point i guess is if there's newfound efficiency to be found with these features people will find them and optimize them like yeah, I, I don't think that that's going to be a huge issue. There was another thing they announced today, which I was a little worried about, and, and it kind of solves a problem Animal Crossing has had for a long time, which is that there's only so much you can do in your own town in a day. Right, and that's kind of where I ran into issues with Animal Crossing previously, right? I played New Leaf on 3DS, and I played it for several hours, but then after a certain point, I was just like, you know where like some people really enjoy the monotony and like just the repetitive nature and just like relaxing in that world. I enjoyed yeah. it for a time, but then after that, I was just like, I want new things to do, and that's sort of how I fell off. Well, I don't know that this Animal Crossing is necessarily going to fix that for you. 
but uh because what i what i was saying is that there's only so much you can do in one day like right you go yeah. you pick your fruit you dig up your fossils you catch some bugs you catch some fish you're kind of done you know you've done it you check your shops they've added the ability to travel to other islands on what's called a mystery tour and you, you you're just traveling you know you can keep all the stuff you collect there so you can so go these to another islands island. are actually are they actually other players' islands or no? They're no. random islands, and you can also okay. run into new villagers on those islands and like ask them to move into your island if you want. So that's like a way you can choose which villagers you're going to have as well. That's cool. Yeah, so I think that's super cool. And they kind of hinted that there might be like some more exciting stuff that might come up on those island adventures. So it would be neat if like I don't know, maybe you run into a rare NPC who sells stuff or something. I don't know. I don't. I'm not going to speculate too much because I, you know, we don't have that. We don't know that that's there. Yeah. Uh, we saw some confirmations. I think it's funny. Um, the uh, community name for the new uh, fishing tourney character, CJ, that actually ended up being correct because uh, he looked like Chip. So people were calling him Chip Jr. or CJ, and that is his canonical name now. So what happened to old man Chip? Is he dead now or is he just retired? I imagine he's probably retired. I bet that'll come up, because it wasn't just him. Uh, Joan is gone, the turnip seller. Oh, that's sad. There's a younger turnip seller now. So I just, you know, I... Uh, but Sahara's still kicking, and Sahara, if any of the characters seem too old to be doing what they're doing, it was Sahara. Remember the walrus from the GameCube um, edition? Yeah. Whatever happened to him? I think he was in Wild World as well, but I don't think he was in the ones after that. Hold on, I, I don't even remember his name. Wendell. Yeah, Wendell, you had to feed him. Yeah. yeah. And that's the kind of stuff I love about Animal Crossing is, like, when, like, weird... Because they can't do it every day, because every day it would get old after a while. But, like, the NPCs yeah. that pop up, and you never know when they're going to be there, and you just kind of have to figure out what they need from you, and you help yeah. them out. They've also announced that there's going to be free updates. The ones that we know about so far are uh, holidays, and I guess they didn't put the holidays in the game immediately so that nobody, like, time travels and does all the holidays, like, day one. Right. Which I feel like is kind of controlling on Nintendo's part, but I like that there's free DLC coming, which kind of opens the door for them to, like, keep the game fresh the way they have Pocket Camp. Yeah, yeah I really love how Nintendo sort of embraced that philosophy for, like, the Switch generation, how we yeah. see, like, all their main titles really get substantial updates. We saw, like, Breath of the Wild get paid DLC odyssey got free dlc yeah luigi's you know, pokemon pokemon's getting two major expansions that's pretty huge you know yeah so. as much as i hated sword and shield i think it's really cool that they're doing a dlc instead of a third game yeah i, I yeah that's the obvious choice i think yeah it's cool that nintendo's finally on board but do you do you do you foresee uh maybe like paid dlc for Animal, for Animal Crossing, I, I really hope not, because I think the only paid DLC that would make any sense would feel a lot like microtransactions. Yeah, kind of like speeding things up or... But no, I feel like it'd be like furniture packs and stuff. Yeah, it'd be oh, like furniture packs. cosmetics and... Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I really don't like that, because the whole point... Like, that's the whole game, you know? I like the ability also that they've added to customize furniture, and the most important one, put furniture outside. Yeah, and you can put your own custom patterns on furniture now, which is just incredible. The level of customization in this game is, like, surreal. Like, when I was little, I thought it was so incredible to be able to decorate your house and, like, expand your house in the original Animal Crossing. But if you showed me this, I'd be, like, losing my mind. Yeah. There's crafting. There's just so much they're adding that makes this 
like the biggest expansion to an Animal Crossing ever. Like, and they're adding it, like the equivalent of MMO dailies, basically. So like every day okay. you you sign on and it's like, oh, catch ten fish or whatever, and you get paid for that. It just kind of gives you like yeah. some direction. Yeah. Because Animal Crossing is a very directionless game, and you could totally ignore it and you'd be fine, you know, if you want it to be directionless. And I'm hoping that like I can have villagers randomly move in because that was never a feature that bothered me. You know, I'm hoping that I can still get a classic Animal Crossing experience without some of the newer stuff because I I'm not going to take advantage of it much, but it's not going to kill me if I don't. You know, it won't bother me. Right. None of the new additions are like, you know, they're they're purely good. I think. Yeah, everything, like, it's hard to, like, do bad in an Animal Crossing. Yeah. Because there are a the few things that I think get excited. There are a few things that might be frustrating, like your town. Like, normally when you start out in Animal Crossing, you already have a museum. I, I don't know if you did a New Leaf, but historically uh, you already have the museum. You already have the Able Sisters, which is where you do patterns and design clothes and buy clothes. And you already have, like, Nook's Cranny, which is your basic shop. And you don't have any of that by default yeah. in uh, New Horizons. You have to build all of that. And they're saying it'll take, like, like it's not going to be something you get day one, you know? The game's going to be very slow starting out. I think the slow burn is very appropriate for this for this game, though. Yeah, I agree. It's really something, like, I don't see myself ever playing Animal Crossing for more than, like, an hour a day or something. Like, maybe even but, less than that. Like, sit but, down and play for 30 minutes. But conversely, you'll play it a lot longer than... Most. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'll probably play it for a year. Yeah. Like, are there any uh, like any sort of multiplayer features? Yeah. So there's a local multiplayer where you can have up to four people playing on the same switch at the same time. Uh, okay, you only have access cool. to one of your inventories at the same time or at a time. The you basically have a leader and they control the camera and the inventory. So they're the one that's really playing, you know? Yeah. But the um, no online multiplayer, though. No, there is online multiplayer. It's online like multiplayer, you can have up to eight people in one island. Like that's impressive. That's really cool. But they don't all live on that island. They're visitors. But it'd still be cool to have, you know, you could have like some of your friends over your island have it check, have them check it out, and that's yeah. I'm a little disappointed. There's some stuff I was kind of hoping, and I guess it's not confirmed to not be in the game, but it's as good as confirmed. I was hoping there'd be like, you know, Amit, I could I could visit your island while you're not playing the game. And yeah. like just see it, talk to your villagers, just hang out. You know, I wouldn't be able to customize it, obviously, but just hang out and do some stuff. Maybe send you or send your villagers a letter. But that doesn't seem to be in the game. Sounds kind of like the uh, secret bases from Pokemon Ruby Sapphire. Yeah, and that's exactly what I wanted it to be. You know, it could have been something where it gets saved locally and it just only updates every time you play together or something. Yeah, that would have been fine. That would be really me. cool. Maybe, maybe but, you know, maybe in the next. Yeah. One. Yeah, I mean, the game's getting updates, so maybe. Yeah. There was something sort of like that in New Leaf called, um, I think it was like Dream Tours or something. It was like a place you could go, and you could actually like upload your town to a Nintendo server and like get a code, and you could send that code to people, and they could visit your town, or an exact copy of your town, because they couldn't actually do anything there, really. But they could yeah. come visit your town to like get ideas to customize theirs and stuff. And you could go to a random town, or you could look a town up, or you could have a QR code, I think. And yeah. I really hope that at least comes back, because that was really neat to just go see what other people were doing. But if it does come back, Nintendo definitely needs to like streamline that process. You know, in 2020, no one's gonna have the attention span to you know 
send a code and like i mean it wasn't bad with a qr code but and i think you could visit your friends towns by default i mean ideally you should just be able to send a game invite through the game yeah that'll never happen it's nintendo Nintendo. that's that is how you do uh, the actual multiplayer though you send a game invite okay yeah well not an invite you open your town up and then somebody asks to come basically yeah now if only they supported voice chat (laughs) so we could actually talk to your friends in the village is Animal Crossing was like the, the first Nintendo game to do voice chat. And there was actually an attachment for the Wii. <laughs> Gosh. The attachment Wii speak, to I the think. Wii. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I still have mine. It, like, attached to the top of your sensor bar or something. That's so weird. That's so Nintendo. But, uh, it, it does it have voice chat through the app, Mike? Yes. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, that's plenty for me, you know? Yeah. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more than that from Nintendo. And plus, these days, everyone's on Discord anyway. Doesn't really, yeah, that's true. I guess it doesn't matter too much anymore. But I, I definitely remember being a kid and playing Animal Crossing Wild World with my friends with our, like, home phones on speakerphone. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I, I was, my mind was blown when uh, Pokemon Diamond had voice chat in it when you did an online battle. Oh, yeah, I remember that. But it, like, cut out while you were in the menus and stuff. So, like, it was still kind of garbage. But yeah. it existed. <laughs> But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm super hyped for Animal Crossing. I don't know how I'm going to get through this next month, but... On that day, you'll also have Doom Eternal. Yeah, yeah no, it's going to be... <laughs> it's going to be a day. That's such a good game to release alongside Animal Crossing, in my opinion, though. Because, like I said, Animal Crossing's only going to hold my attention for, like, an hour or something, probably. And I'm going to need something. Like, I, I absolutely would, if Animal Crossing was the only new game that day, I would probably sit there and play Animal Crossing for six hours but only have gotten anything done during that first hour, you know, because there's just not much to do. But then, you know, now with Doom Eternal, play Animal Crossing for an hour, hour and a half, and then rip and tear for a while. Right. I think that's a good combo. But yeah, something you said a while back kind of caught my ear. You said that going forward, Nintendo wants Animal Crossing to be a mobile-only game, like a, a handheld only game. Why do you think that is? It's a It's a game that, like, like I said, you play it for kind of a short amount of time. Um, and I think that's very much in Nintendo's mobile philosophy. Yeah. But I also, I don't think City Folk sold that well, which is the last home console. There have only been two, three, if you count the re-releases of the first Animal Crossing game. Home console Animal Crossings. Yeah. And, uh, I I just think the DS and the 3DS one sold way better. And it, it kind of makes sense, like, Animal Crossing is a super chill game to, like, play you know maybe play on your lunch or yeah that's where i was kind of going with that certain games are just better handheld than they are on console or pc like yeah like you're not gonna get yourself worked up playing animal crossing it's not an exciting game really yeah so it it kind of you know you're just gonna sit there chill out catch some fish it's a nice it's a super cozy game i've done a lot of playing animal crossing in bed right yeah and and it's, I feel like the handheld aspect only adds to that, right? Because like coziness, yeah. it, the coziness factor is way upped when you have a handheld because it's just you know it's right on you. You could literally be doing anything, doing anything. You're laying down, you're you know doing whatever, and you're playing a game at the same time. When you play like a console or a PC game, it's sort of like a commitment, right? You have to right you, know, you set up and like sit down in front of it. It's kind of ceremonious, and I feel like. Handheld yeah, games kind of take that stress away. I almost hate that I want a box so bad, because with Animal Crossing, I want to be able to just turn it on whenever, 
you know? Like, I don't really want to have to do the whole cartridge swap thing with the Switch. I, wait, I know that sounds kind of silly. You you lost me. Are you, you... You mean to change the game? Why don't you just get it digitally? Yeah, I like to have boxes. I, uh... Oh, right. I forgot you're a collector now. I'm, I'm a bit of a collector. I like to have a box on the shelf. So I, I would love to get it digitally if I could get a box to put on the shelf, too. But, I mean, you, uh... You could be one of those people who buy the physical and the digital i i would not do that i would pay five additional dollars uh that's probably where i would max out but if i could get the box as well as a digital copy i would i would do that but yeah it's not an option and uh realistically like there's not a lot of switch games coming out this year that i know of so it's not going to leave my console for a while yeah, what is coming out this year on Switch? I mean, potentially Breath of the Wild 2, but at this point, I feel like if we haven't... Yeah, it's I pretty barren. It, we don't know I get anything. the feeling it's it's probably 2021. Yeah, it seems like... I mean, as far as I know, Animal Crossing is the only... I mean, maybe Bayonetta 3. We haven't heard anything about that, but... Metroid, or... Yeah, Metroid Prime, or... There's no way Metroid, Metroid Prime 4 Prime is 4, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's still, that's like, an early development. That's the earliest in my mind. But, you know, we got uh, Sakurai is putting out six more DLC characters. And I don't know if you guys saw, but he said that uh, this will be the last set of DLC for Ultimate. He didn't yeah. say that. He said this is the last planned DLC. I, well, he did say that, but I think the following line made it more clear that they were done developing on Ultimate. He uh, said that he would finally be finished, right? Yeah, something like that. I, I don't buy it. I you think I mean, Nintendo I, was... I do buy that they don't have any plans to have any more DLC. Yeah. But I, I don't see them. I mean, Smash DLC. Ultimate is so like it's so popular, so hot right now. It's the best yeah, selling fighting really, game of all time. And it like, it definitely gets its community invigorated every time they add characters. And like getting twenty five dollars for a fighters pass of six characters, like I feel like the money to development time ratio there is probably pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So I I like the odds of Nintendo milking that a little more. Yeah, but on the other hand, think of poor Sakurai. Yeah, I do wish he could take a break, but yeah. I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if he, he obviously is really passionate about Smash, but, you know, this is his fifth one. Yeah. Six I, if I you don't count see. the 3DS one. I, I feel like he wants to try something else. I'm not but, convinced we're ever going to get, like, another new Smash Bros. Like, I, well, we will eventually, we but I really think that will. they... We have I think they'll port this one to the next console. I really do. Because otherwise be, it'll be a downgrade. That may be the case. Well, it'll be a downgrade in terms of number of characters, but they could do another like story mode, like Subspace Emissary, or they could... I mean, they the can add a somehow. story mode to a port. Like, that wouldn't necessarily be a new game, you know? You could take the same game, same engine, and add a story mode yeah. to it. Like, I don't know, though. Like, it's kind of... I don't think... It's kind of tradition at this point. Each... Uh, Nintendo generation has a new Smash Bros. game with a new engine in it. I just hope they I don't know don't if they'll deviate that. from that. I hope they don't, because Sakurai won't be making it, I don't think. I don't I mean, I, don't I think it's one of those things where, like... I just you don't know, think they like, Hideo Kojima, think... Hideo Kojima, after Metal Gear Solid 2, he was like, okay, this is the last one. And then 3, he was like, okay, this is the last one. Then 4, he was like, okay, this is the last one. And then they made 5, and then they didn't even the let whole Konami it. thing happened. Right. Yeah. I think Sakurai's in a similar spot where he's like, okay, this is my masterpiece. I'm done now. But then I, I really do think that it is his masterpiece, though. I think anything they do in a future Smash Bros. game 
would be a downgrade. Like it, it's another melee situation where brawl was mostly a downgrade from melee. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah, I, I, I don't want that. I, I would rather. I, I them do think. Work. I think what's going to happen if I were to bet my money on it, I think going forward, the next entry in the series is going to be drastically different. Like major gameplay changes compared to all the previous entries. It'll be and, a 3D fighter, and that's how they keep it fresh. Uh, I hope not. That's a Tekken club. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. the The future of Smash is certainly in flux, and it's a very interesting thing to consider. Like, yeah. N- Nintendo's got to be looking at the numbers and being like, we just need to continue this momentum somehow. Yeah, I mean, you're right. A new Smash Bros. game generates a lot of hype, but I would want them to keep as much as they could from Ultimate because, I mean, everybody, every character is somebody's favorite character, and it sucks for your favorite character to get cut. Right. And I would argue that Yes, a new Smash Bros. game uh, creates hype, but the fighter pass announcements and you know they the create reveals a lot of the of characters hype, yeah. create just as much hype now. Like every Nintendo Direct, I feel like everyone's just eagle-eyed watching. It's like, am I going to be duped into you know, like is this thing secretly a trailer for Smash? You know? Yeah, yeah. Like think I'm sure Sak- there were people Sakurai... watching the Animal Crossing Direct today. Like, exactly. oh, is Tom yeah. Nook getting announced today? Like, yes. Like, Sakurai and his team have become, like, masters at just implementing those trailers in such a way that, like, they, they pull one over you constantly. Like, the Persona one blew my mind. I did not see that coming at all. Yeah. I was pretty blown away. Um, this is kind of a, a reversal, but it was a Smash Direct, I think, where Isabel got announced. And then at the end, it shows Tom Nook saying then, that he's yeah, taking new care animal of the crossing. town. No, I remember middle. people were so mad about that. Uh, really? like just reacting in real time when they've uh, like, cause when Isabel showed up on screen, they, everyone they thought, thought it was a new animal, animal crossing, crossing and they yeah. were so happy. And then yeah. it was like, it showed that she was in smash and everyone just lost their minds for like yeah. I was 30, upset. 40 seconds. And then, you know, and then the sweet relief of Tom Nook assuaging our fears. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're the masters of a uh, hype for sure. Except, you know, that one thing that they keep doing. What's that one thing? adding fire emblem characters oh Oh my god (laughs) yeah yeah i mean so i don't nothing kills hype like fire emblem i don't i think we're safe for the next fighter pass because i don't think a new fire emblem game is coming i will never feel safe again because three houses like just came is is still getting dlc so i will never feel safe no smash direct will ever feel safe to me again i was so certain that the last one couldn't disappoint me and I got burned so hard. That ruined my entire day. <laughs> well, you're not the only one. Because that I mean, direct was like 9 a.m. God, 6 a.m. on see, the... Okay, I know we've, we've talked about this so much on the show, but as far as Byleth is concerned, there's so many better characters than him in the same game they could have picked. I, you know, you know I, I keep hearing that, but I don't think... I think it would still bother me, because Byleth's moveset is fine. But, like, he, he fits the template of, like, blue-haired anime swordsman that like yeah. most other fire emblem characters do the the three you know the the game is called three houses and the heads of each of those houses are completely unique characters they're not like blue-haired anime swordsmen at all like they have unique characteristics unique weapons unique fire it styles. looks like a pretty good game and i've seen it and all the characters oh, it's a look fantastic pretty interesting. game i i have boycotted it in response to all the fire emblem representation in smash yeah. Well, that's a real shame, because, like, <laughs> that's the opposite effect that they're trying to do with all these uh, characters. But I will not give in. Are you ever going to give in for Pokemon? Uh, no, not on Pokemon Sword and Shield. The only reason I Pokemon ever buy Sword Pokemon Sword and Shield, is... I have to admit, is really good. Like, they, uh-huh. they are really good games. 
the hype tears into me really bad when a Pokemon game first releases, and I usually break and buy it. If I can get past that phase, I really don't like Pokemon that much. I don't enjoy the games. Like I like shiny hunting. Other than that, they really don't do it for well, me. If you like shiny hunting, I think you'll really like the like the raid battles in this game. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but like it's it, it's a very addictive process where you can team up with a few friends, uh, like and battle like uh, Dynamax Pokemon together, right? And, yeah. and catch them and like certain spots have certain dynamax pokemon and certain dynamax pokemon only appear at certain time it really is sort of an interesting kind of cat and mouse game where you're where you're like planning okay i want to hunt this today and like go after this especially in the wild area because like the weather changes every day you know like okay if it's snowing then i have a higher chance of catching this ice type pokemon i really want to get etc yeah so. pokemon's just not really a game that actually appeals to me if you Cut, well, cut it apart and look at its individual pieces. Right. Though. Well, you said you really don't like turn-based combat. I so hate turn-based combat, and I hate off. random encounters. I hate both of those things so much. And that's literally all Pokemon is. Like, there's the story's garbage every single time. You know, yeah. like what, what am I coming back in for? Pokemon Sword, though, that you can see the Pokemon in the grass. Right. So you can avoid and that's, them. That's on improvement, but like, I don't know. I still the turn-based combat and Pokemon in particular has bad turn-based combat, in my opinion. Like. Personas, mm, I don't think I agree. Personas is pretty good. I can, you know, I can absolutely get into some Persona, although Persona's I'm there for the story, not the Personas combat. is excellent. I think Persona does it better than pretty much everyone. And I think most Final Fantasy games are way more interesting because they have like, after the first few, they have like a timer that ticks down and stuff, and kind of yeah, like like it's active. It, it's not really turn based as much as it's menu based, I guess. And even Digimon had some stuff that made it a little more strategic. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Pokemon doesn't, Pokemon doesn't do anything for me as a skill-based game. It doesn't do anything for me as a story-based game. It just doesn't do it for me anymore. You know, like yes. as somebody not, who buys into the hype and likes to be a part of something, Pokemon does a lot for me. Well, but, I was just going to comment. The skill-based aspect is there if you want it, right? There's a very competitive, active competitive scene for Pokemon. Yeah, I've never been good enough for that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is. Uh, like, the multiplayer is definitely there, and I got into it in Pokemon X for a while and had story, some fun. Your story, your yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Story it's is just, it might as well not be there. Nonsense. Yeah, it's yeah. So awful. They yeah. like attempted to go some places with like black and white. If you guys remember that, I skipped those ones. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I skipped. So you're, black you're no stranger to it. skipping uh, generations. No, I've skipped. Pokemon. I've skipped okay. gens before. I skipped everything after Soul Silver until X. And then I've bought everything since X. I, I don't buy the third game usually. So I bought X and Y. Or I bought X and I bought Sun. Yeah. Or was I forget if it was Sun or Moon. But I'm I'm skipping Sword and Shield. Probably completely. Because uh, Pokemon's not even a game you can really be a patient gamer for. Because for some reason they don't go down in price at all. Yeah, I mean Pokemon's just sort of evergreen though. You know, like people are always going to want to buy Pokemon. Like, like a used a used copy of Soul Silver right now is more expensive than it was on release. It's like fifty dollars, and it was a well, forty dollars. Well, at this point, you know, like DS games are kind of a rarity. That probably contributes to that quite a bit. I don't know, but I can find like a copy of Mega Man ZX for like fifteen bucks. Like, like if I want to buy a copy of Super Smash Brothers Melee, I better be ready to shell out over a hundred dollars. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. That sucks. Is that how much a copy of Melee costs now? It's $100? I mean, at least... A <laughs> 
three or four years ago, it was over $100. So I imagine the price has only gone up. I haven't checked since then, though. I remember there was a period where GameCubes were, like, dirt cheap. I just what? looked up. I was trying to look up Super Smash Bros. Melee, and I looked up Pokemon Melee and was confused why Pokemon cards came up. <laughs> we're talking about Pokemon. It's 50 or $60 for a copy of Melee. Here's, there's one for 40 I can see. Okay, I, I went to a store, a retro game store, and they were selling it for, like, $100, so... Oh, uh, well, this is eBay, and a lot of these yeah. aren't, like, buy it now, but they're, the bids are, like, hovering around $30. Yeah, yeah GameCube's... Okay, that, that's definitely cheaper than I thought. GameCubes are, like, $60-ish. GameStop's trying to charge... This is totally a tangent, but GameStop's trying to charge, like, $70 or $80 for a refurbished Wii, and that's insane. You can get a Wii for, like, $30. <laughs> I mean, GameStop at this point is just desperately trying to stay alive, and they're trying to do whatever they can. Yeah, it's so not working. That doesn't really surprise me. Yeah, I don't see GameStop uh, being in business by, like, 2030, probably before yeah. that. I mean, just a store that focuses solely on retail games is just redundant at this point. Even now, it's redundant, you know? You could just buy digitally, unless yeah, there's, like, kinda... some serious incentives to buy physical, or unless that's you just kinda... like buying physical, you know? That's another reason I kind of like buying physical is because I know I have the option now and I will not always have the option, you know, like right. I will still be playing video games when physical copies stop happening. I've already seen it happen to PC, you know, like, yeah, yeah. and that's yeah, okay. I'm, with me. I'm, I'm, I'm right okay there with, with you. I'm no, someone I, who likes physical copies because they exist. If they were to go away, like if they announced there is no physical copy of Animal Crossing, I'd be like, all right, well, you know, I, I don't have to collect it if it doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. Plus, I don't know. I I enjoy just having something physical, you know, something I can take with me. I, I'm somebody who something likes, that like, I love every time I'm at your house, I look at your shelf. You know, I like to look at what game somebody has. That's a, it's the same as a yeah. like their conversation pieces. Yeah. You could really you can get so much about their gaming history just by like a glance or two. Uh, um, unless it's like you in or the me, future, we have a you know, games we've never played. I mean, in the future, <laughs> what do you do? Is like you log into their account and scroll through their library. There's no really easy way to do that. I mean, my friends have obviously done that because we like hang out and play video games. But like somebody who's yeah. casually like in my living room isn't going to log into my Steam. And true, yeah, you know, maybe virtual reality will change that when we're having like <laughs> virtual reality a hangout space where somebody can see what games I have. But <laughs> my my virtual physical game collection. Yeah, God, I'd love that if that was integrated into GOG Galaxy, which uh is like a client that combines all your libraries and friends lists together. If I could look at if I could look through like a bookshelf in VR, I, I could make that application. I should probably work on that actually. I could make that. <laughs> that's a great I'm, idea. I'm a, I'm a video game developer. I could manage that. <laughs> I develop video games. I'm going to build this. I am a developer with virtual reality experience. I have no excuse for not making this thing that I want. <laughs> well, do you I really think, don't? It, it's a it's a marketable idea too. I feel like you could you know turn that into some money. Yeah, if you maybe. actually went for it. Or I could turn it into a reputation. One of the two. I don't see why it can't be both. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know if people would pay for it. Eh, I'd pay like five bucks for it. Yeah, I don't know. But, I'll look at it later. All right. I think we should pending. we should start wrapping up the show. And 51 just, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> These we're, go we're by so quick episodes. now. I, I've been really looking forward to our games we've been playing, though, because I have one I want to yeah. talk about. I can – actually, you really want to go, so why don't you kick us off, Connor? I'm pretty sure I haven't talked about Final Fantasy 15, right? No, you have. You you mentioned oh. a couple weeks ago that you wanted to try it. 
Yeah, I did. And I've, I have loved it. That game has been a joy really? to play. Yeah. I've heard oh. such awful things about Final Fantasy. Really? You were, yeah. I heard awful things about it, too, and then I started playing it. I'm still not done with the game, but there's so much. I've, like, completed 90% of the hunts in it. Yeah, I, I'm not. Oh, really? I haven't done hardly any side quests at all. Because that's just not... Well, the side quests don't give you a ton of EXP, I noticed. They're mostly for money. Hunts give and you a lot of EXP, usually. Really? The ones I was doing weren't. Maybe I need to readdress that. Because I, I am, like... I hit a part where I need to grind a little bit, and it's kind of... What like, level are you at? I'm level 44, uh, oh. this is. But the rest of my crew is, like, level 42 or 43. And I need to get everybody up to level 45 before I do the finale. I Everyone in my party is, like, 60 or something now. Oh, really? It's yeah, slurred, if you, if you like, finish the story, it's going to yeah. be a cakewalk for you then. Oh, I haven't finished the story yet. <laughs> I still have yeah. to do the finale. But it's super, like, I love the beginning of the game. It's, like, this super chill, like, road trip with your buds. And, like, you're hanging out. And, like, some, some dramatic stuff happens, and you kind of help each other get through it. And I love that. Like, I felt, like, how you were talking about how when you played Persona 4, like, those were your friends. Yeah. Like, I felt that a lot with Final Fantasy XV. I loved, I fell in love with the car, the regalia you drive around. Like, I got so attached to that car. And Square Enix absolutely plays with your feelings for this car. Like, yeah. early on, they take it from you, and you're just ready to annihilate the the Empire for taking your car away. Like, Is this is this the Final Fantasy equivalent of, of John Wick? Uh, no. I'm a little bit... No. <laughs> Noctis is not a uh, not a John Wick, but you play as a character called Noctis, who's the prince of Lucius, I think, or Insomnia. It, he's the prince of a kingdom that is very important, and most of the game and themed well, around ha- nighttime, clearly. And uh, you, you're traveling with your like sworn protector, Gladiolus, who everybody calls Gladio. Your um and your friends, Promptus and Ignis, and Ignis is this dude who like does everything for you basically he drives you around he cooks for you but he's also just your bro like he's a cool dude yeah he's a cool Everyone... super cool everybody like i just like and like you have to make a good character for me to remember the names prompto gladiolus noctis and ignis like that's a good character if i care enough to remember a name like right that. yeah like and i do like I, I i love this game like it's gonna really bother me when i finish it i think and i'm gonna finish it that's soon. awesome it's just i i love like, you, you get so attached to these characters, and you go on this road trip with them, and, like, that's most of the game, really. Like, technically, story-wise, it's only the first half, but, like, and then there's, like, some events happen, and there's a major tone shift. But then you, as soon as that happens, you get this um ability to time travel back, essentially. Like, they call it, like, memory walking or something, but you can go back to before that tone shift and go back to just driving around and stuff with your buds that's, to do side yeah. quests and that's grind great. and stuff. Yeah. And that's super nice, but also it it is a little weird when you're playing through the story and everything's, like, not that. And then suddenly, like, you hit a wall where you need to grind a little bit to continue, and you have to go back to when everything was, like, cheery and awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's but really But I, I love it. it. It's an unfair... Like, you, you said people hated it, and I think that's because, like... If you followed its development, it it was unfinished on release, and I think it's had some updates since then that fixed yeah. that a little bit. Yeah, I was gonna say they've had tons of updates, continuous tons updates, of DLC, yeah. tons of crossovers. There's like a Final Fantasy 14 crossover. I want to say there's a Monster Hunter crossover. Well, Monster Hunter crosses over with everything. 
Yeah, but yeah, there, there's a bunch of crossover missions and stuff you can do, and I'm having a ton of fun with that. Um, there's a bunch of DLC, like there's a there's a DLC where you play as all three of your buds. There's a DLC uh, where you get a boat, and yeah, it, it adds another super boss to the final area. Really, I haven't played that yet because I I got it through Game Pass, so I don't even know if I have access to all the DLC. I haven't oh. checked yet. Uh, unless you have Royal Edition, you wouldn't have the boat. Hmm. Okay, but anyway, the game, I, I would recommend this game. They, they call it a Final Fantasy for fans and first-timers alike, and I, I don't know the truth of that statement, but as a first-timer, I have been in love with this game. It makes me want to pick up Final Fantasy fourteen kind of, and it's got me really wanting, like, kind of looking at the Final Fantasy seven remake, because I, I, like I said, I hate turn-based combat, and the combat in this is real-time, action-based, so yeah, I'm like... Similar to how seven remake's going to be. Yeah, so I'm having a good time with the combat, like a really yeah. good time. Yeah, I feel like... Sorry, go ahead, Mike. Oh, I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. No. But I was going to say, um, I feel like the three of us have a pretty broad, and I would even say vast, like, gaming library knowledge. Like, we play lots of different games, but none of us have really played Final Fantasy. That's I feel like that's a pretty big gap. I and have. This, this game has me about? really thinking about changing oh, Mike, that. Mike, you have? Yeah, I grew up well i didn't play a lot of like the 3d final fantasies but some of the first games i played were final fantasy uh four and six i think oh your grandma was a big snes fan wasn't she yeah all right completely disregard what i said then (laughs) but i I I definitely seven though i feel like i need to get into final fantasy because i feel like i'm 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 missing something that a lot of people get and a lot of people get excited about but i mean there's a lot of stinkers in there like, I don't think anybody liked Final well, Fantasy X, really. Well, Final Fantasy VI, I hear, is one of the no, best games, or one of Final the best Fantasy RPGs ever. Is it thirteen that people hate? It's 13 that people hate. 10 was, okay. 10 was relatively a good game, other than that laugh. Yeah, I, mean, I would su- I would super suggest you check out, because uh, you have Game Pass, don't you, Emmett? I actually have Final Fantasy XV still in the plastic wrap. I never actually opened it. God. You're an absolute monster. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, you should definitely play it. Um, I I can't recommend it highly enough. Honestly, I had a su- I had such a good time with it. Okay, and that's I, awesome. I, I continue to have such a good time with it. It's it's not it's not it's not like I'm sitting here saying that this is a masterpiece, ten out of ten game. I wouldn't say that. It's just I really really liked it. Like it just hit all the major points for me to have a really good time. Like it it has this. It's like the little stuff that really really does it for me. Like you sit down to camp out with your friends and you have Ignis cook you a meal and every meal has this super like, like, you know how delicious food looks in anime? Yeah. It's a high res food. It looks so, (laughs) the food just looks amazing. Like the little stuff. And like every once in a while, your buds will just like throw you a side quest. Like Prompto likes taking pictures and he'll like see something out, out of the car and be like, dude, we got to go get a picture in front of that. And like, you can say yes or no, and you just pull over and you take a picture with your friends. Like yeah, yeah. Or but at or the you same time, it's a, this epic quest where you kill monsters. Like to a cup of noodle stand. And, and I also, uh, oh yeah, Gladiolus loves the noodles. Like here's a here's product placement. Oh, I love, the, I love that too. Like the anachronism of it all. Like it's this fantasy world where everybody fights with swords and stuff. But there are also guns. There are robots. There are like mechs. You fight. You're driving a car around. Yeah, and like, your camping supplies are made by Coleman. Yeah, your camping supplies are all Coleman. I love that. <laughs> That's great. I just love that it's such a mashup. Like, like you're driving your car around, and like 
if you look one way, it just looks like, oh, you're driving through the Midwest. But then you look the other way and there are these like, you know, Final Fantasy Xenoblade style like arches coming out of the ground and stuff. And like everybody like lives in these big cities because it's dangerous to be out at nighttime because demons come out. So Which are like classic ha- Final Fantasy enemies. Yeah, and they, so they have to be in the light. Oh yeah, there's one there's one boss fight that is like pure classic Final Fantasy. The dungeons are cool. Oh, I, what I just, was the boss fight you're talking about? The boss fight, the big plant thing. The um, oh, the Malboro. Yeah, even I knew that was a classic Final Fantasy boss. Oh. And that that's like at the that's like at almost your like your lowest point in the game. You have to fight that boss, and it's kind of cool. Because it, it, it's kind of like where things turn up for you again. Ah, you're, just... you're definitely selling me on it. Like I feel like, especially with the advent of the Final Fantasy VII remake, I'm, it, it's inev- I, I've got to play a Final Fantasy game soon, probably this year. It's such a hard game to talk about without spoiling. If, if you, after this podcast, play 20 minutes of uh, Final Fantasy XV, you won't be able to put it down. Yeah, I know. All right, I'll take you up on that. I'll do it. I yeah. I literally have it. I've had it for like a year plus now. It's just kind of sitting yeah, there. Pop it in, play, because I bet you will. I bet you'll sit down to play for twenty minutes, and I bet a couple hours will pass, and you won't realize it. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. It's that kind of, yeah. It's just actually twenty minutes. I'm not even sure you'll get through all the cutscenes at the beginning, but it's <laughs> you know. Uh yeah. Sounds Metal Gear Solid esque. Yeah. It's just. Yeah, I immediately fell in love. And I love a I love a narrative game, you know. Yeah, the I, combat I think is also surprisingly deep in it, which is given that it's like one or two button combat, it's still surprisingly deep. Yeah, it's really just dodge and attack, but uh and like you don't even hey man, press that's, the button that's, to attack, you hold that, it. That's but. all you need. That's Dark Souls, that's all you need. Yeah. Dodge and attack. Or more accurately, that's Bloodborne, because you can't block in Bloodborne. Yeah. yeah, you still have to think about what when you're going to attack, but dodge and attack, those are your two moves. Oh, and warp strike, I forgot about that. Yeah, warp strike, yeah. And you also have, like, several different, like, you can have four weapons at a time, and yeah. there's, like, a magic system. And, and you got to figure out which weapon is the best to use in this situation. Maybe it's too fast and you can't use the greatsword, so you got to swap to your regular sword. Or maybe yeah. you need a spear to fight him in the air. Or See, I, and also, all the enemies have, like, a weapon weakness as well as an element weakness. Yeah. This all sounds so enticing, but it also scares me so much because I'm already knee-deep de- into, like, one 100-hour game already. With See, Assassin's it's Creed not Odyssey. a 100-hour game, though. I have only played, like, it's like a 40- or 50-hour game, maybe. Like, you can you can fly through the story in this game fairly quick, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, I, I, put, I, like, I have, like... Let me let me check my hours real quick, but I I don't think I've broken forty hours. I'm like at sixty ish, and I'm trying to hundred percent it though. Yeah, like if you just play the story and like do side missions occasionally when they when they appeal to you. Yeah, I, see, I, I it won't. Be I have to. Game. I'm one of those gamers that like I feel like I have to do everything. I try and do most side quests. Oh, unless no, the I side start quests are actually kind of good. Yeah, this game Some might kill you if you try to do all the side quests, though. I mean, that's There's literally why that I couldn't. That's literally why I couldn't get through The Witcher. I put forty plus hours into The Witcher three, and I mean, a big contributing factor was that I accidentally erased my save game. But you oh, know, trying cool. to get those forty hours back and completing it, like I want to do it someday, but I haven't, you know, mustered up the the will to do it yet. I can't seem to find how many hours I have in it, but it's it's not a huge amount, like. In my opinion. All right, I'll play 20 minutes of it, and 
if it sucks me in, I'll, I'll probably talk about it next week. You gotta let me know. Yeah, you gotta. Uh, all right. I think yeah. I, I think I got it all out of my system. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not nearly feeling as passionate as Connor this week. Uh, I've been playing the original God of War, specifically the PS Vita port. Uh, and there was the a God PS of War Vita collection. Though? So there's a God of War collection on PS Vita that includes God of War one and two. And uh, I've been three. playing it. No, just one and two. Vita Wait. couldn't handle three. <laughs> Yeah, there was really? support for the <laughs> PS3 as well that had one and two. Yeah. The HD collection. But yeah, I, I I don't know. I broke up my Vita for the first time in eons, it seems like, and I was playing God of War, uh, and I'm really enjoying it. It's it, The combat's good, of course. It's God of War, but it's a little weird on Vita because they map some of the controls to uh, the touchpad and some other controls to the back touchpad, so it can get kind of awkward because... My fingers naturally like rest on the back of the Vita, so if I yeah. like if yeah, I'm at I a ran save, if I'm at a save point, you save by hitting the back touchpad, or you like you you grab onto something by holding the back touchpad, and because my fingers are constantly there, I'm constantly doing things I don't want to do, and that's kind of annoying. But other than that, it's it's a it's it's a fun port. I mean, the frame rate could be better, and like all that sort of stuff. I think the the PS3 remastered versions are like 60 frames per second. This certainly isn't that. It's definitely 30. But it's it, it's fun just sort of going through the story again. I kind of wanted to, I I kind of wanted to go through all three games and the PS4 God of War because I just haven't done that um, in sequence just to really kind of see how the story plays out across all the games. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. Did it? Did it? Did the PS4 God of War like recontextualize it for you? You said it kind of like you felt yeah, like it so, did. So I I misspoke a little bit when I was ranting in that episode. What I meant to say was that um, it, okay, it sort of did recontextualize the uh the previous games, the new God of War did, but more than that, it made Kratos. The fact that those games happened made Kratos in the new one so much more compelling of a character, which is weird to say because the story is largely inconsequential through the three while you're playing through it. But because the story happened in four, it suddenly matters a lot more. And that's okay. as much as I can say without really kind of spoiling things. That's cool, but, though. But yeah, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. Uh, combat is brutal, as expected, and uh, and just I don't know. It's a lot of fun. The combat's a lot of fun. Lots of dodging and striking and comboing. But yeah, Mike, what about you? Oh, boy. So uh, I've been playing... Uh, you spoke about efficiency and managing production and stuff like that earlier. I've been playing Satisfactory. <laughs> and I've not had that much fun destroying a lush natural environment for my own capitalistic greed <laughs> in that game. Like, it's it's so addicting just to build a factory out of nothing. So tell me a little bit about Satisfactory, because I've heard the name before, but I'm not quite sure what it is. If you've heard of Factorio, it's like a 3D Factorio, and I like that more, largely because I can build vertically or I can actually navigate the environment vertically. It makes things work a lot better, and it just feels good. Like, they just added pipes to the game, so I actually have to pipe fluid to my coal power plants. So is this a game... across the map. I just looked it up. Is this a game, like, if I got super into, like... Tech it in Minecraft or Feed the Beast? Like, is this going to scratch that itch for me? Probably. Okay. Because it looks like that. Like, I loved, like, building the huge, like, assembly lines in Tech it and stuff. Yeah, no. I've 
in my playthrough, I've put like 20, like almost 30 hours into it. I've had to redesign my factory three, four times now. It's it's basically been all over my stream for 30 some hours. Yeah, but might have, to, might have to watch some of that to see if I can get a feel for it. It's like I've literally sat there and had to fend off native creatures while I try to build a pipeline to transport my oil closer to where I am. <laughs> so what's the objective? the game uh, i'm still trying to just put it together in my head there's none yet but you do have milestones that unlock more tech as you go through so see so your main tech building is the space elevator so you have to bury these specific parts that you can't handcraft into it and when you complete that it'll unlock two more tiers that you can throw resources into to unlock new technologies like the next tier I think I'm working on is going to unlock fuel generators where I can refine oil into fuel and actually use it to power my uh, entire setup. Yeah. So I feel like it, it sounds kind of like the tech tree in Civ, but like the whole like that's the whole game, right? Like as you advance and unlock new technologies, you just have more t- like toys to play with and build with. More more factories, more efficiency to do. You can overclock your machines to produce <laughs> more a certain efficiency. amount of parts. Yeah. To produce a certain amount of parts per minute. So you can get down to the nitty gritty of I want this machine to produce three parts per second so it feeds another machine that requires three parts per minute or whatever. It's usually parts per minute. <laughs> so it's literally just optimization of the game. It it I you have no idea how much math I've had to do to optimize this factory. Hmm. Like, I will literally op- pick up my phone, open up the calculator to see, oh, okay, this is using 300 screws a minute. I'm only producing 260, but I cannot produce any more because this conveyor belt only carries 260. So I'm limited by this conveyor belt, and I won't get a better one for a couple hours. So it sounds like a a game made for very specific people, like neurotic, like... Honestly, it's real easy to get into, though. Unlike Factorio, where it's very obtuse and very, like, hard to get into, I had a rough time getting into Factorio. I got it satisfactory like that. Like, it didn't take much to set up, and ultimately, efficiency doesn't matter as much unless you want things to work real fast. Like, if you want to, like, plod through the game, you really don't need to build a super efficient factory. You just need to plop down another constructor and then have that feed into something that takes two ingredients. Like, it starts you out slow. Like, the first building that can craft can only use one item and produce another item. Then you get something that has two inputs, so it can take two items. And then you have something that has four inputs. Exponential increase. Yeah. And those are, like, like four or five hours apart. Oh, okay. Definitely so you're kind not of like dealing a... with, like, the big things real uh, super early. Yeah. I feel like having... And, like, that's definitely, like, incentive to play, too, to get that, like, uber-like, you know... This thing can process 16 things at once. Yeah, it's... Then there's also managing your power grid, making sure you have enough water to power your power grid. Like, last night, I had a problem where I'd immediately set up my power grid, and apparently it wasn't getting enough water. It'd be fine for, like, two, three minutes, and then it'd just go down. And it was super frustrating until I just kind of went nuclear and added a whole nother set of water lines for it. That sounds very fun. <laughs> I got oh fun's one word for it. <laughs> no, I love I I don't know. I'm no, in the I, I enjoy stuff like I this. Super too. into tech. Plus, is, yeah, you have to be a certain kind of person to enjoy this, but I think I am that person. Yeah. Plus, it has like full co-op and everything, and it's still in. Oh, that's full co-op. That's awesome. That's yeah, actually a huge. Co-op. Yeah, that's. And I, as far as I think, I think it's drop in, drop out too. That's very nice. That's sweet. You're selling me on this a little bit. 
it's well worth it. I think it's coming out on Steam soon, or it's available right now on the Epic Game Store. Yeah. I think it'll I'll come out on Steam up. 3. I talked myself into playing Final Fantasy 15 after this, though. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely you, playing. You nearly talked me into playing it after this. <laughs> yeah. Nearly? Well, I'm going to play it at some point, okay? Uh, between uh, this episode and the next one. I just don't know if I'm going to do it immediately after this podcast. You coward. <sighs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to wrap up the show. Uh, if you guys like what you hear, you can follow us at, at Podcast Game Talk, all one word on Twitter. You can click on the description of this podcast to find a link to our Discord. You can join us there and chat with us and give us questions and comments and feedback. Yeah, this, uh, this was another good one in the books. Thank you for joining me, Connor and Michael. Yep, bye guys. All right, bye. later. Bye.